God of the mountain. I'll tell you what. He's the God of the mountain, but he's also the God of the valleys. Amen. Doesn't matter where you're at in this particular point of your life. The Lord is there all the time. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able to. Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. Uh, we're in a series that we have titled, With All Your Heart. With All Your Heart. And so many times we don't get our heart involved in serving and living for the Lord. And we need to get our hearts involved in living for the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 29. We'll begin reading verse 10. It says, Thus, thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. For I know that the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. There in verse 13 it says, And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. I like to preach a message I've titled, Seek the Lord with all your heart. And let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. We sure do thank you, Lord, for the good song service, Lord, and the blessing it is for your people to be in the house of the Lord, Lord, today, an opportunity to worship you and to magnify you. An opportunity, Lord, for you to speak to us through your word. So, Lord, I pray that you'd speak through me and use me, Lord. It's not me that has the message, but it's you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified in all that's said and done, Lord, during this service. I pray that you would speak to hearts. There may be some here that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. If they was to die this very moment, they don't know that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that they might come during the invitation. Let us take a Bible, show them how to be saved. But Lord, there's, as Christians also here, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts and draw us near to you. Help us realize, Lord, where we're at and how that we need to seek you with all of our heart. Lord, there's so many needs in our day and time, and we must seek you with all of our heart. Have your will and way, Lord, in this, this time of service, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. We find here, if you was to go back and read more of Jeremiah chapter 29 in the previous chapters, you'll find that, that the Jews had been carried away into Babylon and were there. And, and the, while they were there, they were, carried, they were carried there because of their sin, because they had turned away from God. They had, they had left the Lord, they hadn't been serving the Lord, hadn't been living for the Lord, and now the Lord has, has turned them away and, uh, into captivity. The Lord had sent His prophets, His preachers, you might say, to warn them to turn back, but they wouldn't. They just wouldn't turn back, even though they had been warned, even though they had heard the Word of God. They would not turn back. And so he, He's telling them here in chapter 29, uh, He's telling them, He said, you're going to be in captivity. He said, you're going to be down in Babylon for 70 years. He says, during this time, He said, while you're there, if you'll... Turn back to me if you begin to seek me with all your heart. He said, then I'll be found of you. He said, and I'll bring you out of your captivity. I'll deliver you out of that difficult place where you're at. 
You know, when you go through history and you begin to read about not only Israel, but you read about other nations, and I'm talking about those who have put their faith and trust in, in the Lord and who, have, who were Christian nations and stuff in, in America. As you go through history, you'll find that many times when a nation turns away from God, that God brings about persecution in that nation and sends them under the leadership of the wicked and sends them many times into captivity of another nation or those who will abuse them. And we see that in, in so many instances through history with, the, it, with Israel, how God would send them into captivity because they had turned away from Him. But my friend, that is the same thing that God will do with America and I believe is doing with America, sending us under the hand of the wicked to try to get us to turn back to Him. In every situation, it's God's people's responsibility to turn to the Lord with all their heart and to serve Him and to seek Him and to pray. You see, the purpose of the chastising, the purpose of the difficulties, the purpose of the being sent into captivity, you might say, is that that nation and that people might understand where they are, that they have departed from the living and true God, and to get them to wake up and say, hey, listen, we've got to get back to God. We've got to get back to the Jehovah God of heaven. We've got to get back to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to get back to what is right. We've got to turn and go back unto the Lord. We've got to seek Him with all of our heart. And so we find that maybe, you know, possibly even in our day and time, the Lord's trying to get our attention. Well, first of all, there's a false message that was being preached in that day of Jeremiah. There were some of the prophets and different ones who was trying to tell the people one thing that was, and those things that were different from what God was saying. If you go back up in verse 8, it says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you, deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. In Jeremiah's day, there were the prophets who, would, who were going around and they were saying, hey, we're, going to, we're not going to be in this captivity very long. We're just going to be here for a little while. And and so don't build the houses in Babylon. Don't try to set up home there. And don't try to, to get to, uh, uh, the uh, temple uh, or, or worship together anymore. And, and, and we're going to be out of here. So just, just sit back. Take it easy. Everything's going to be all right. We're getting out of here. And the Lord said, that's a false prophet. He said, I'm going to have you here 70 years. He said, because I know when you're going to turn to me. He said, it's going to take 70 years to get your attention, to get you to turn to me with all your heart. He said, you're going to be here 70 years. And he said, go ahead, build houses and, and begin to set up worship of me and, and follow after me again. And there was those false prophets that was trying to mislead them, trying to lead them the, the wrong direction, and trying to get them to think that it's just a little bump in the road and that everything's going to be okay. My friend, we have the liberal professed Christians today in our day and time. 
And I've been seeing them come popping up on the, on the internets. And I've been seeing them popping up on the news. And I've been hearing them here and there and seeing some of the articles and things that they've been writing and, and things that they've been doing. And with their liberal ways, here's what they're saying. Oh, everything's okay in America. We're kind of getting back to where we need to be. We're trying to be inclusive of everything. And we're trying to love everything. And we should tolerate everything. And we should be happy with everything. And, and just join in. And don't be such a... Such a a straight and narrow type of Christian. Just take everything in and enjoy it. They're trying to lead you and I away from the Lord. They're professed Christians. They're professed preachers. But yet in Isaiah 5.20 it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We've got those who, that are even as our representatives and, and praying gender neutrality in their prayers. I won't mention Emmanuel Cleaver's name, but that, I mean, you know, the thing of it is, is that the fact when you do that, you're going against the Word of God. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. I won't stand here and mention the names of anybody that... You know, that, uh, uh, that say that they're good Christians and, and, and good church members and, and yet they push the abortion and killing of the unborn. I won't mention the President Biden's name or the Vice President Kamala Harris's name in that sentence. But my friend, that's what they push. It says, woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. See, preacher, I'm glad you're not calling anybody's name. I wouldn't want to do that. Woe unto those who say that homosexuality, which God calls an abomination, good when it's evil. You say, preacher, you're just getting political. No, I'm not getting political. I'm getting biblical. It's time that Christians get biblical and stand on the Bible. Well, this was taking place in Jeremiah's day when they were saying, everything's all right, everything's okay. And the Lord said they were false prophets. And the Lord's saying they're trying to mislead you. Folks, we're facing the same thing. And we're, we're, we're basically, if you want to look at, at many areas, I say, well, we live in a free nation. My friend, your freedoms are, 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 are quickly being taken away from you. The fact is, is that we need to realize that there is a captivity basically going on. But could I say this? Before you point the finger at the government, you better look in the mirror. You see, the lost world does what the lost world does and always has. It's we as a church, we as Christians... We've got to be cautious. We've got to be careful. He said, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And so there was a false message being preached in that day and time. And we see it in our day and time. And it's in the churches and it's 
The churches have become watered down and liberal, and the churches are just wanting to have a good feel-good service instead of really getting down to what sin is and what we need to turn back from sin as Christians. People don't want to talk about sin no more in the church. We just want to come in and have a worship service, have a good time, and go home. Go home feeling great. Sometimes it's good for us to go home saying, woe is me. Maybe get us on an altar so that when we get up from saying, woe is me, we can say, praise the Lord, that He cares enough to, to bring me to that place. So they, uh, there was the false prophets bringing a false message in that day. You see, they were down in Babylon because of turning from the living and for turning from, from living for the Lord. Look in verse 4 with me. Or well, in Jeremiah chapter 25, I'm sorry, in Jeremiah chapter 25, beginning in verse 4, it says, And the Lord sent, un, uh, sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but ye have not hearkened nor inclined your ear to hear. They, turn, uh, they said, Turn ye again now from everyone from his evil way and from the evil of your doings and dwell in the, in the land that the Lord hath given unto you and to your fathers forever and ever. And go not after other gods to serve them, to worship them, and provoke me not to, uh, to anger with the works of your hands, and I, will do, and I will do you no hurt. Yet ye have not hearkened unto me, saith the Lord, that ye might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, God, the Lord of hosts, because ye have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, will bring them against this land and against the inhabitants thereof and against all these nations round about and will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment and a hissing and a perpetual desolation because of the sin against the Lord. And failing to repent and return to the Lord, they were sent into captivity. Folks, look around us and, and some of the problems and the difficulties that we're facing today is because Christians have turned from the Lord. Not living for God. You say, oh, preacher, that's not the way. Hey, you go knock on some of the doors that I've knocked on and listen to people say, well, I used to go to church. Well, I don't go to church no more. Well, you know, it's a church full of hypocrites. And on goes all the excuses that why they don't go. Well, we just don't go no more. Well, uh, we've been looking for a church, but we just haven't been. How long have you been here? Nine years. You think I'm kidding you. I had one the other day tell me that. Say, well, we were looking for a church. How long have you been here? Nine years. Well, we, they finally said, well, we really haven't been to church. And we have turned away from the Lord. I believe that we're living in a captivity, one which America can never get out of, especially if we as Christians don't seek the Lord with all of our heart. That's what we've got to do. You see, the Lord wanted to bless Israel. The Lord wanted to bless Israel. Look there in verse 11, chapter 29. It says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. He said, I, he said there's something you want. He said, you, you, you want to see great things. You want, to, you want your life to not be in captivity. He said, an expected end. He said, I want to give that to you. I want to bless you. I want to do great things for you. And I want your nation to thrive and all that. He said, but you know what? You haven't been living for me. He said, 
I want peace for you. Can I tell you something? The Lord wants peace for you and me. He wants, uh, he, he doesn't want evil uh, for us. He wants to give us that expected end, the blessings of God. He was saying, you may think that I've forgotten you and have give up on you, but I'm allowing the captivity in your life to bring you back to me so that I can again be your God and bless you. Can I tell you something? Don't expect the blessings of God if he's, you're not going to make him your God. Don't expect God to bless America if America won't make him his God. Now, I believe that if Christians will seek the Lord with all their heart, I believe God will bless America. You say, well, what about those who don't receive? I believe if, if God's people, the Christians, will seek the Lord with all their heart, that he will turn us from that captivity. He will, he will bless us in a special way. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Saith the Lord, in those struggles in your life, you may think the Lord's forgotten you and, and He doesn't love you, but you're wrong. He's actually demonstrating love. You know, a lot of times we, and we got so much of the psychology going on today and everything. Well, don't spank those kids because you will warp their psyche. No, I'm going to warp something else. You say, preacher, that's abuse. No, it's not abuse, it's love. A child that goes undisciplined and can do anything they want to is a child that's unloved. That's the child that's unloved. Because the parent don't care. Well, I just don't want the, you know, I just don't want the attitude and, and I just don't want the fight and everything. If you love them, you will. Because love sometimes, and I think as James Dobson wrote the book, love must be tough. And sometimes love has to be tough. And sometimes you can't help people by helping people. Sometimes they've got, to, they've got to go through the discipline that God has before them to get them where they need to be, to do what they need to do, and, and, and to face the facts. We're living a day and time that sometimes the Lord says, you know what, I, I love you so much that I'm not going to bless you. I'm going to discipline you. What if, what if your child comes up and he looks at your window and says, I don't like that window, picks up a rock, throws it through the window and breaks it? Are you going to say, Oh, come on, let me go buy you an ice cream. That's what we expect God to do. We can live in our sin, do what we want to do, and God bless me with an ice cream cone. God says, I don't do that way. He says, I love you too much to let you destroy your life and destroy my testimony. He said, therefore, and I believe with all my heart that he loves the church. Jesus Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, he says. He says, I love the church so much you've departed from me. He said, I will discipline you because I love you. Why? To bring you back together. To put us back in fellowship with him and to understand the, his great love for us. No, sir, in Jeremiah 29, he says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. He said, I want to do great things in you. But he said, I'm going to have to straighten you out a little bit first. And then we find that Israel, he gives Israel and us a way to, uh, to uh, uh, gives us a way to escape that captivity. No matter 
what's holding you in your captivity this morning. You, you personally can be in captivity by sin and, and, and different things going on in your life. You can be held in that captivity of that. But the Lord will give you a solution. He'll give you a way out of that captivity. Look there in verse 12 and 13. He says, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. He said, when you search for me with all your heart. It's not one of those memorized little prayers he's talking about. He's not talking about, now I lay me down to sleep. He's not talking about something that you've memorized that you can quote when you're half asleep. But he's talking about praying with your whole heart. I'm talking about getting earnest in your heart. If, 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 if somebody could just off the, the top of their head say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, and, and you can tell, if, if I walked up to my grandson and said, hey, I love you, love you, I 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 love you. You know what? He might think, they didn't have much meaning to it. You know why? Because it wasn't with the heart. But if I come up to Blake and I say, Hey, buddy, I want you to know, man, I love you. You mean a lot to me. You really do. I pray for you. I'm, I want the Lord to use you in a great way, but I want you to know that I love you. And anything I can ever do in your life to help you, I want you to come to me. I do love you. And I do mean that. You want that comes from the heart. But so many times we go to the Lord in our little measly prayers that don't come from the heart. It comes from up here instead of down here. You know, we've got to get back to the heart. That's part of the problem in the church today is people have got it here, but they don't have it here. Do you realize that there's going to be a lot of Christian, I don't want to say Christian, there's going to be a lot of church members are going to miss heaven by about 11 to 12 inches. What? The distance from here to here just depends on how long your neck is. Some of you about 15 inches, but anyway. <clears throat> the fact is, is that the heart. He says, seek me with all your heart. Search for me with all your heart. He said that heart has to get involved. There's a seeking that's involved here. Notice that. It says, it's coming to the end. It's the seeking is coming to an end of yourself. The searching for the Lord. Seeking the Lord. Realizing that you can't handle the things in your own power. Realizing that you need the help of the Lord. Day by day, you have decisions. <clears throat> Some of those decisions are humongous decisions that's going to affect you and your family and affect maybe others around you. Oh, how we need to get serious and seek the Lord with our heart, not just trying to figure it out right here. And God will give you a peace and give you direction. It's seeking with your heart. Realizing that you can't do it, but you need somebody that is greater than you. Listen to what David said when he was in distress. In Psalms 18 verse 3 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. 
The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. When it talks about the snares of death prevented, it means that they were laid before him. But in verse 6, he says this, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. You know what it was? David said, I, 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 I can't handle this myself. And it says that he cried out to the Lord. That means it came from the heart. And he sought the Lord with all of his heart for God to give him direction. It's laying everything else aside in order to get a hold of God for your great need that you have. In March of 1940, in World War II, Winston Churchill came to the realization that they were about to be defeated terribly. They had 350,000 troops, British troops, on the other side of the English Channel over in France, over around France. The Nazis had completely annihilated, you might say, France and defeated them. And they were advancing towards Britain to take over Britain. They knew that they had the greatest army uh, uh, that was pushing forward. They had tanks there. They had uh, airplanes there. They had all their uh, a great mighty uh, force of soldiers there. And they knew that they was pushing the, 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 the British army back to the, the, the waters there of the English Channel. Britain knew that they were defeated. In fact, one of their top generals said, except there comes... A miracle. We'll lose every one of those men. And suddenly, they said, let's call for a day of prayer. On March the 27th, 1940, Winston Churchill and the King of England called for a day of prayer. All England got down and began to pray and seek God with all their heart. An amazing thing happened. A cyclone came in to France. Rains began to just pour unbelievably. Hitler stopped the tanks. He said, do not advance anymore until I give the order because you will go into the into the swampy waters and the, and the mud, and you cannot get those tanks out of stop them now because it was an unbelievable amount of rain that poured there in France. They had pushed all the way up within 10 miles, listen, 10 miles of the British Army. 
They had them backed into what is called Dunkirk. You ever heard of Dunkirk? You've probably heard of the miracle of Dunkirk. That's what I'm giving you right now, the miracle of Dunkirk. They stopped the tanks. The commander said, let us go on, let us go on. We've got them, we can get them. We're 10 miles from them. He said, stop. He said, we can't lose our tanks. We'll wait it. He said, I'll send in the airplanes. We'll bomb them. We'll wipe them out. And then we'll go in with our men and finish it off. All of a sudden, a low ceiling of clouds and fog rolled in making it impossible to fly, especially in that day and time without any type of real navigation equipment. They had to fly by sight. It grounded all the planes. They had no choice but to wait. During the week of that, of that day in prayer, if they sought the Lord with all their heart, they called for help of all the people. They began, they brought 1,000, a little over 1,000 boats and tro- uh, 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 schooners and yachts and anything that they could get. And they crossed the English Channel. And they got over there and they was hauling those men out of there. As many as they could haul on, on a yacht or, or even the, these fishing boats and every type of boat they could get. I've, I looked at pictures of this. They literally took up what we would call a rowboat. And they had rowboats end to end. Because they couldn't get the big boats over to the shore. They had them end to end. They had bombed and they had shelled the, uh, the, uh, uh, the docks and stuff there at Dunkirk. They had those boats end to end. And men were walking across the boats and into the next boat and into the next boat and into the next boat to get on another boat. It seemed as though the clouds might be trying to lift and all of a sudden there was a fire broke loose there around Dunkirk from all the shelling and things that they had done and smoke filled the air above them. Still couldn't see anything. And they hauled those troops across the English Channel. The miracle of Dunkirk Because they sought the Lord with all their heart. All their heart. Oh, preacher boy, I'll tell you what, that sounds good. Man, that would, that, that, whoa, you're talking about luck. No. No. Boy, what a coincidence. No. And here we sit twiddling our thumbs sometimes as churches say, oh, did you hear what they passed up in, in Washington, D.C.? Did you see what they signed into? Did you see the, Did you hear about Did you know? Did you? Hey. Why don't we get on our face and seek the Lord with all of our heart? He said, you seek me with all your heart. We've got to get that heart involved. We must come to an end of ourselves. The seeking of the Lord is more than just a quick prayer from the top of your head. It's searching with and in your heart. Verse 13 says, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Do you know what? 
That means looking at your heart and saying, Lord, what wicked thing lies within me? That I might get it right with you, Lord, that I might have your hand on my life and on my nation, on my home. And Lord, what is it in my life that I need to confess? What is it, Lord, that I need to do? And so many times we pray from just our head. It's getting your heart involved and in tune with the Lord. Like David in the Psalms 139, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He says, search my heart. In searching for the Lord, we must search our hearts for that which should not be there. And we should confess it. This is where we, this is where we understand that salvation does not come from just a mere repeating of a prayer from the head. But the heart must be involved in salvation. You can pray all day long if you want to, Lord, uh, save me. But if it doesn't come from your heart in seeking the Lord, you'll not get saved. You can stand here all day long and say, I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken. You can go out and sit in a hen house and say, I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken, bark, 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 bark. I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to come and gather any eggs from you. You probably need to be fried, but I don't think I'd want to eat you. Because you're not a chicken. Words mean so little, it's with the heart. The heart makes the difference. In Romans chapter 10, verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. This morning, hey, listen, if you don't know Christ, your Savior, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You're going to die without Christ if you don't get saved. And you're going to go to what is called a devil's hell forever and ever. And you will not get a second chance. There is no second chance. God has given you so many chances now. Turn to Him. He, Jesus Christ knew that we needed a Savior. He went to Calvary, died in our place. We, we are the ones that should die for sin, but He died in our place, took our sins upon Him. He was on the cross. And it's like He reached out and He threw out all eternity and grabbed every sin and placed it upon Him and died with it because somebody has to die for sin. For the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 but he didn't stop there. He said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's with the heart that we call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, turning our heart and life over to Him, receiving Him as our Savior. When you come to the end of yourself and you seek the Lord with all your heart, He'll forgive you and He'll make you His Savior. He'll come into your heart and life as Savior. Then we see that the Lord makes you and me a promise. He made them a promise of deliverance. Look there in verse 14. He said, And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. I will turn away your captivity. He's talking about after you've sought me, after you've searched for me with all your heart. He said, I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. 
And I will gather you from the all nations, from all the places, whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. I want you to notice something there. He didn't say I might, uh, say, I might be found. He said, I will be found. He said, when you seek me with all your heart, he said, you will find me. Didn't say that it might. He said, you will. He said, I will be found of you. Could I add here that notice the importance of, to know who finds him and his deliverance. Look there again in verse 14. It says, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. Who's the you? It's those who sought the Lord with all their heart. You can have two people sitting on the front row, same need. And only the one that seeks the Lord with all their heart will find his deliverance. Amen. Sitting side by side, dressed the same. Both these guys got on the same, about the same color suit. They're copying the preacher. <laughs> you guys just need to get some black shoes and see them brown ones. <clears throat> I told that you're old preacher, that's why you're not wearing brown shoes with your blue suit. I'll preach a message on that one of these days. <clears throat> it's only you who seeks the Lord with all your heart that will find Him. You see, so many are waiting on someone else to bring revival. It's up to you. And you seeking the Lord with all your heart. So many think they're going to get to heaven because of their, uh, the salvation of their parents or their, their spouse or, or, or grandma and grandpa and, and they think that they're going to ride into heaven that way. No, it's up to you to seek the Lord with all your heart. So many are waiting for the government to turn around and, and bring righteousness back into this country. No, church, it's up to us. It's up to us to seek the Lord with all of our heart. Far too many are waiting for someone else to seek the Lord with all their heart that we might have deliverance. But could I say, it's up to you, 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 and I could go through every room, it's up to me. To seek the Lord with all my heart. You see, in order for there to be a deliverance in my life over whatever sin it might be or the need in my heart and life, you can't do that for me. I must seek the Lord with all my heart. In order for a person to get saved, I can't do that for them. I can point them to the Savior, but they have to seek the Lord with all their heart and receive Him with all their heart. It's up to you. That's the ones He was speaking of. Those who would be delivered would be those who sought the Lord with all their heart. Lord will be found and he'll deliver. But if you wait too long to seek him with all your heart as a church, then the deliverance that we may see may be just the rapture. Say, what? Folks, where we're at in this day and time, except Christians, except the church, Seek the Lord with all their heart. The only deliverance we may see 
is the rapture of the church when he catches us out here. Not a bad deal. That's a good thing. But let me give you something else. If that happens, because we have not sought the Lord with all of our heart and seek after Him, can you imagine how many people will die without Jesus Christ and go to the devil's hell? But if we as the church will seek the Lord with all of our heart and He delivers us and He will give us more time to reach the lost, to reach your family members, to reach your co-workers, to reach the neighbor across the street, to reach people around the world with the gospel, to see more people receive Christ as their Savior. Oh, how we need to seek Him individually. To ask God to do some great and mighty things. We're, trying to, we're looking and trying to do some things uh, right now, trying to get the Word of God out a little bit more. We're, we're putting a, uh, we voted Wednesday night to go ahead and put a, a one-minute spot upon the, on, the, on the local radio station, a, a minute in His Word, uh, 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 trying to get people to just, uh, just sow some seed into their hearts and lives so that they might listen a little bit, that it might sow some seed, that some people might get saved. Oh, how we need to do everything we can to seek Him with our whole heart. Proverbs 8 and verse 17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Isaiah 55 says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. We need to seek Him now. And lastly, we need to determine in our hearts today, listen to me, today, to seek the Lord with all our hearts. Well, preacher, I'm going to go home and I'm going to think about it, I'm going to pray about it. No, we need to seek the Lord today. We need to start today, not next week, not next month, not after Easter, but today we need to seek Him with all of our hearts. That means Christians need to get on their faces before God today and seek the Lord with all their heart. Our nation depends on it. Our homes and marriages depend on it. Our churches and, and religious freedom depends on it. You have, you have needs in your life, and it depends on it. And yet we push it away. We need to do as King Ahaz, or Asa did, I'm sorry, King Asa did back in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles 15 and verse 12. It says, And they entered into the covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. They were being oppressed. They were, they were being attacked. And, and Asa comes in and he said, we need to seek the Lord with all of our hearts that He'll deliver us. He said, let's make a covenant. And he went to Israel. He said, let's make a covenant. Let's come together. He said, what's a covenant? A covenant is like a promise. It's an agreement. He said, let's all agree together to get on our faces and, and seek the Lord with all of our heart. What's needed in the churches today is for us to seek the Lord with all of our heart. Oh, how we need to make a covenant to do that. But you know what some people do? Oh, I think that's good, preacher. But they won't do it. They hope somebody else does it. You know what? In churches all across this country, people are going to church this morning, and they're going to get up and walk out of services hoping somebody else will do it. They want the freedoms. They want the religious freedom. They want to be able to see people get saved. They want to see life change. But they are not willing to pay the price and go before the Lord with all their heart. They want somebody else to do it. Well, that's what we've got a preacher for. That's what we've got deacons for. That's what we've got bus workers for. 
No, that's why you got saved. And that's why God left you here. And if you're not going to do it, can I ask you something? Can I be real nice? I said, preacher, you've never been nice. I'll be real nice right now. If you're not going to serve God, if you're not going to seek Him with all your heart, why should God leave you here? Because if you're not going to live for Him, if you're not going to seek Him, you're just taking up space. I told a fellow one time, I said, you're breathing air somebody else could breathe. God doesn't have to put up with us. But he's merciful. And he loves us. And thank him for his long suffering and mercy. I don't know why God leaves me here. Maybe to torture you, I guess. I don't know. But he's merciful. Oh, how we need to seek him with all of our heart. To see the difference, to see ch changes and see the Lord do great things. It'll make a change. We need to seek him for, seek the Lord with all of our heart. For our nation, for our children and our marriages, for our churches, to receive the lost that they might get saved, to live for the Lord in this wicked times, for revival in God's people. So this morning, let's seek the Lord with all of our hearts. Remember, only you can do it. I can't do it for you. No one can go to the altar and humble themselves and seek the Lord in your place. But we want to see revival. We want to see our nation turn back to God. We want to see souls saved. We have personal needs in our lives. It's up to you. Will you seek the Lord with all your heart this morning? Or will you just kind of shrug it off and let the devil have his way? Seek the Lord with all your heart. Let's bow. Maybe this morning, you don't know if you was to die that you'd go to heaven. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, why don't you get up and come and let's take a Bible and show you how to be saved this morning during the invitation. The greatest step that you'll ever take in your life is to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Christian, we need to make a covenant with one another. We need to find a place and seek the Lord with all our hearts starting today. Father, I thank you for loving us. Bless now, Lord, I pray in the invitation. May you be glorified. And Lord, may we seek you with all of our heart. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed?